Masechet Kiddushin, Taf Lamed He. We're looking for the source that Misvot Aseh Shazman Gerama Nashim Peturot. Where do we find a source of that all time-bound positive commandments women are exempt? So we saw that we can find a source from Tefillin and Re'iyah. Uh, even though these are two commandments, and generally the law is you don't learn something from two commandments, but we show that these are necessary. So women are, are, are exempt from Tefillin, they're exempt from Re'iyah, meaning coming on pilgrimage. We need both of them because one of them, we couldn't learn one, with that, one from the other. And so that is a paradigm. Uh, on the other hand, there are exceptions, it's true. And so eating Masan Pesach and Hakel, these are time-bound mitzvot, and women are obligated, um, uh, but they, these are two, uh, and therefore they are exceptional, right? They are, in fact, extraneous. We could learn one from the other, so the Torah doesn't have to say both matzah and hakel, and therefore the fact that the Torah says both of them means we do not use them as a paradigm. So, so far, so good. We have tefillin and re'iyah. Those come together to make a paradigm, because they're both both necessary, Masa, and that's that. Those are exempt. Masan Hakel, women are obligated, but those do not make a paradigm because they are Shneketuvim Habein Kehad, and we could have learned one from the other. That's where we are so far. Now we ask the question, that's okay for the opinion that says en melamdin, but we're about to see there's another opinion that says melamdin, that when you have two. Uh, verses, even though you can learn one from, from one from the other, still you can use it as a paradigm. So now we have uh, a paradigm from Masai Nakel that women are obligated. And so this is not going to work as a source. So this is one question that we left open yesterday. Now, before we answer that, we're going to raise another question regarding the other category, Vitu. What's the source that women are obligated to positive commandments that are not time-bound? We can use a binyan av and derive it from fear of parents, right? Ish, imov, aviv, tira'u, tira'u is in plural. Women uh, have to fear, uh, honor also their parents. And so to all, that's not time bound. You have to do that all the time. And that is a paradigm. Good. Now, v'nelaf mitamut Torah. And we ask, why are you using that as a paradigm? Why not use tamut Torah as a paradigm, which also applies all the time, and women are exempt, and maybe we should learn that women are exempt from all such mitzvot. And the answer is, Mishum Tavele, Tamut Torah, Fidia Brivia, Shenekitwim Kehad, Vishokol Shenekitwim Kehad, and Milamedin, because there is another mitzvah that said that is not time bound, and that's the mitzvah to have children, uh, where, ironically enough, it's the men are primarily commanded to go and make sure they go get a wife, have children. They need women for that, but the women are not the uh, uh, the not the subject of the obligation. And so here we have uh, also Piriyavribya, and since you have Tamut Torah and and Piriyavribya, so these are two paradigms. When you have have two two examples of something, so then why would you need two? The Torah is giving you two to say that these are the only two exceptions, and you cannot derive anything else from that.
<clears throat> Good. Uh, and now again, this whole line of questioning is according to the opinion that says and milam din. So I so we're we're covering the, that base first, and then we'll see according to the other opinion. Now, but before we get to that, ben Elohim. Regarding Peru Urvu, there is a minority opinion of Rabbi Yochanan ben Baraka who says, look, Hashem gave a blessing and he understands it not just as a blessing but as a commandment. Hashem told both the first man and first woman, both of you must procreate, be fruitful, multiply. So women are, are obligated in Peru Urvu as well. According to that, uh, so Peru Urvu, they are obligated. So you have, you don't have two you have just Talmud Torah. Why not use that as a paradigm that all misvot women are exempt like Talmud Torah? And the answer is Rabbi Yochanan Mordechai has another source. Mishum Dava Talmud Torah Ufidon Haben Shneketubim Kehad Vechol Shneketubim Haketubim Kehad and Melam Medin regarding redeeming one's firstborn. That's a misvah on the father, not on the mother. And so now we have Talmud Torah and Pidyon Haben. Those come together. And since uh, uh, you have two examples of something, we don't use it as a paradigm. So these are the exceptions to the rule uh, that where women are exempt. Otherwise, women are obligated in such mitzvot. Hold on. That's acceptable. But look at the other side. Now that he puts on the other side of things that women are obligated, Obligated to do. So now you have and fearing one's parents. Both are positive commandments, not time bound. And since there's two examples, so that means we should limit it only to those, those two, two examples that women are obligated, but otherwise they are exempt. So now we have the an opposite uh, argument. So we answer, uh, no, these are both necessary. And again, if we can show why it's necessary to have two, then you can use it as a paradigm. So we couldn't learn one from the other. If the Torah told us about Mora um, fear uh, fearing parents from the word but didn't say regarding and then I would have thought that Hashem also tells Adam to go and conquer right go meaning go spread out and conquer the world and this is a way of men to go and conquer and not the way of women and so since uh, being fruitful multiplying and uh, is associated with spreading out and conquering, I would have thought that uh, only uh, this applies only to men, not to women. And that's why uh, I need for the Torah to tell me specifically regarding that this applies to women also. All this according to If the Torah only said regarding and I wanted to use that as a paradigm that all positive commandments that are not time-bound, women are also uh, are obligated, and it didn't, it didn't say it in Morah, I would not be able to learn to Morah, because I might think 
that um, uh, a son who has his, his own his, his his time is his own he's, it's in his power to go and fear his parents and honor his parents yes he's commanded but a woman who uh, uh, most often uh, is she's married and now she's under her husband's authority and will not be able to decide on her own I have to go and take my uh, parents to the doctor I have to do this and that right because her time is not uh, under her control I might think that she is exempt and um, so I couldn't learn it from she can't do it maybe she shouldn't be obligated that's why the Torah has to go out of its way to say that women are also obligated she'll have to balance that with her husband but otherwise you know she yes if she has does have a basic obligation to her parents so since we could not learn one from the other. The Torah had to tell us regarding both of these, and that women are obligated. So in both of them, they can be a paradigm for all other sources um, that women are also obligated. So we're good with Rabbi Yochanan ben Beroka. The proofs noted above, both for time-bound and not time-bound commandments, are acceptable according to the opinion that says that uh, two examples that teach the same thing cannot be used as a paradigm if one of them, if, if they are extraneous, because um, that means it's limited to only those two. Um, however, according to the other opinion that says that you can use them as a paradigm, even if one of them is extraneous, then what are you going to do? Because then, according to that, we have counterexamples, right? We have uh, e- examples of time-bound mitzvot where women are exempt, but we also have examples of time-bound, of time-bound mitzvot where they are obligated, right? And also for non-time-bound, we have it on both sides. And so we now it's not going to be clear all of the proofs that we had before are not going to be usable. So we need another uh, proof for that will work with this opinion. Amarava Papuna e Deha said the sages of Pafunya they have an explanation. Umanu Who is that? Yaakov is a rabbi from Pefunya. And here's what he says. Regarding Tefillin, it says that it should be a sign on your arm and a remembrance between your eyes so that Torah Tashem, all of the Torah, will be in your mouth. So you see, we use a hekesh now, not simply a, not a simple binyanav, but this is bolstered by a hekesh that uh, compares tefillin specifically to all of the Torah. That makes tefillin the super paradigm. Ma tefillin misvat aser shazman gerama v'nashim peturot afkol misvat aser shazman gerama nashim peturot. So just like tefillin um, uh, is time bound and women are not obligated, so to all. Other time-bound mitzvot commandments that are positive, women are also not uh, also exempt. And we can learn, infer from that the opposite, since for, for time-bound mitzvot, they are exempt. Therefore, for non-time-bound positive commandments, they are obligated. So we can actually learn everything just from this one, uh, just, from, just from Tifilin. Okay, so far so good. However, we always have to account for yet another minority opinion, 
All that would make sense according to the opinion, which is the majority, that tefillin are is time is a time bound commandment. But there is another opinion mentioned in uh, in Eruvin that says that uh, tefillin is not time bound. Who said that? It's Rabbi Meir. He thinks you can wear tefillin at night, on Shabbat, on holidays. So now we cannot use this as, as a paradigm for other time bound mitzvot. But that's okay because Rabbi Meir also happens to think that two uh, commandments that teach the same thing cannot be a paradigm for anything else. So therefore, uh, it's okay. Even if he does not have tefillin, he still has re'iyah, coming on pilgrimage. That's time-bound, and women are exempt, so that could be a paradigm for all others. And Rebimeyah does not have to worry about eating matzah and hakel, uh, that they, they are two verses, uh, uh, doesn't have to worry about them, because they are extraneous. You could learn one from the other, and therefore we do not, le- we cannot use those as a paradigm that women are obligated. Those are the exceptions where women are obligated and not others. And so um, that's how to be Meir could solve the problem for time-bound commandments, and we leave tif- even leaving tefillin out of it. So that's fine for the Medin, The other opinion that we've been talking about this whole time, that we're naming it, uh, he thinks that two uh, examples, even if, they, if, even if they are extraneous, you could learn one from the other, uh, still you can use them as a paradigm for everything else. So Matzah Hakel would be a paradigm that women are obligated in all such mitzvot. Utfilin misvata and Abiyuda also happens to think that Tefillin is a misvat aseh um, that is not time bound, and therefore we cannot use Tefillin as the super paradigm. Michael So, what's going to be his source that Misvot women are piturot, right? It doesn't have Tefillin as a super paradigm, and he would say that Masa Nakel, where women are obligated and they are time bound, uh, we can learn from those two all other commandments, and now women will be obligated in all such commandments. The answer is Mishum Dahabai Masa. Because we can bring in yet another one, not only Masa and Akel, as we said before, but also Simcha, the Misfah of rejoicing on the holiday. He would say that is a commandment on the woman herself. And so now we have three examples that all are examples of the same thing. And even though, even if you say two examples, um, you can learn from, but the Torah would not go out of its way to mention three examples uh, and uh, j- just uh, that are extraneous. And therefore, if the Torah is providing three examples, that means only those three examples women are obligated, but all, all other time-bound positive commandments, women would be exempt. We next ask about the next part of the Mishnah. Any negative commandments, women are obligated, except for three of them. So we ask, How do we know that women are obligated? In the in Lavim, Amar Rav Yehuda Amar Rav, Vechen Tana Deber Bi Ishmael Amar Kera. Isho Isha Ki Yasu Mikol Hatot Adam Hishva Katub Isha LeIsh LeChol Onashim Shebat Torah. This is in Midbar Chapter Five, talking about a 
certain type of guilt offering, uh, so offering someone brings for certain types of sins, negative sins. Um, and it says ish or isha. Can't get more explicit than that. Than that, it applies to men, men and women. And so we're generalizing that just like in uh, this regard, a woman would have to bring a sacrifice for these sins, so too she would be guilty for other lavim as well. So this could be a sufficient uh, argument uh, uh, source for the entire category. Yet we have two more pesukim, and we'll explain why we need them. This is in Parashat Mishpatim, in the context of civil laws. It says these are the laws that you should you shall place before them, Moshe. And so before them, before everybody, right? It, it, uses, it, it equates equates everyone before the whole nation so that's men and women are included and that would be for dinim for civil laws a third pasuk is in the context of if my animal kills uh, you then that i have to pay a ransom uh, since this is a, uh, a, a an animal that uh, was forewarned and so really i would be guilty of the death penalty because i was uh, negligent and this, and my animal killed someone but since i didn't do it myself and was not on purpose uh, therefore this is a case where one can pay ransom rather than get the death penalty nevertheless since it says hemit isho isha here's talking actually talking about the victim right the one who is killed whether it's a man or a woman and in this context the pasuk says men and women are the same with regard to deaths um, that one would be equally guilty if one killed a man or a woman so death penalty uh, or rather guilt for death right applies to both okay that's the third pasuk now usricha why do we need all three if I only had the first one regarding giving a guilt offering, I would say in order to achieve atonement, so Rachamana uh, Hashem says a woman should also be able to achieve atonement. If only a man could and the woman couldn't, then that would not be fair. This is, of course, assuming that it would she would be violating a prohibition. That is, these are bad things to do, kind of objectively. And now a woman who has um, uh, would want to have atonement from that, and so she can bring a sacrifice, as Isha Isha. So since she can bring a sacrifice for it and should bring a sacrifice, then obviously she is guilty and she is obligated by the by the love. Okay, so I, if I had only the first uh, source, I would say, yeah, that's true um, for uh, places where one has to offer a sacrifice. But regarding civil laws, I might have thought that maybe they only apply to men because they usually are conducting business and women are generally don't conduct business. Even in Roman times, there were definitely women who were rich and aristocratic and who were dealing doing business, but it was more rare. So I might think that maybe civil laws apply to men only and not to women. That's why I need the second. It's only a havamina. That's why I have, need the second pasuk to say it applies to sacrifices and also to civil laws. And if I had the second one, I would say, well, that's regarding getting a livelihood. And those women also need a livelihood. 
Some uh, some are supported by their husbands or fathers, but some women work and they, they can work and then they can be involved in legal disputes. And so uh, I would say maybe women are included only in the laws of sacrifices and the law of civil disputes. But when it comes to ransom, I might say, and now we're turning, uh, we're turning, turning to the victim that of, this, of the murder by an animal, that a man who is commanded in all the misfot, then the owner will have to pay a ransom if his animal killed uh, killed a man but if he his animal killed a woman maybe not because she is not obligated in all the mitzvot this is quite an astounding hava amina to say that there will be less guilt for killing a woman than for a man well uh, it doesn't mean that they'll be exempt altogether he still may have to pay uh, liability in some other way but uh, both of them are uh, could be payment it's just that the this exact ransom uh, and this this mechanism may be different anyway it's only a hava amina and so therefore we have the third pasuk to say not so killing an animal killing a man or a woman is equal has equal law and the owner of the animal would have to pay a ransom for his life no matter what so that's why i need the three and going in that direction and the other direction if i had only the third one then i would say in that case where someone died so god cares about look there was a soul that was killed here so a ransom needs to be paid no matter man man or woman but in the other cases maybe maybe not without the pasuk i might think that women are not obligated in civil laws or not obligated in those requiring a sacrifice so so that's why i need those two as well all right so that uh, concludes the proof both for misfot and for misfot law now we get to the um, the exceptions. Host me takif or tashrit. So we saw three exceptions that a woman there lotase, and yet a woman is exempt. So let's go through each one. A kohen male is not allowed to become tamelamet except for his relatives, but a bat kohen is permitted to become tamelamet for anyone. How do you know? Since uh, that chapter is introduced in Vayikra 21, Parashat Emor, says, Go tell the sons of Aharon, we learn, the sons and not the daughters of Aharon. So that one is clear. Um, that's the first law that's uh, actually mentioned in uh, Parashat Emor, right? Uh, and so on. Uh, so um, for sure, this is refer. This applies to men and not women. So that is a law that we know. So back to this. But the other two exceptions, what's the source for them that a woman is permitted to make a rounded haircut and to use a razor on her face? Um, should she have some facial hair? How do you know that those two, a woman is allowed and only men are not allowed? This is the pasuk in Vayikra Perik Yod Tet. This pasuk applies to not only Kohanim, but to all Bnei Israel. Um, but we're going to prove that it applies to uh, applies to men only. There's another pasuk in 
in chapter 21 that applies to Kohanim that we're going to compare this to. Okay, so right now we're focusing on Vayikrayutet that says, don't make a rounded haircut. That would mean cutting off one's pe'ot to make like a circular haircut like monks have. And also do not destroy the corners of your beard. So that would be like the, the corners of the beard, cutting that with a razor. So we make a analogy between the two. Anyone who is prohibited from cut, shaving with a razor is also prohibited from getting a rounded haircut. But women certainly do not have a prohibition against shaving their beard with a razor. Therefore, they are not under the prohibition of getting a rounded haircut. So they are permitted in both. Now we analyze further. Wait a second. How do you know that women are not included in the prohibition against shaving their beards with a razor? One is, it's common sense. Women do not have beards. And so it doesn't make sense to apply, uh, I mean, especially the Pasuk says, uh, your beard. It's not just uh, do not apply a razor to your face, right? It doesn't say it like that. It says beard. And that, therefore, it applies only to men. And since that half of the Pasuk applies only to men, so too the rounded haircut applies only to men. Good. That's a good answer. But if you want to not use reason, but derive from the Pasuk itself, I'll give you another answer. So look how the it uses a different type of terminology. For Roshechem, it uses a plural. But for Lotashpazekanecha, it changes it and makes it a singular. So what can we learn from that change to a singular? That it means zikanecha, your speaking to a male beard, but not your wife's beard. Uh, that there's no prohibition there. And so from that change from Roshechem to Zekanecha, you can prove that the prohibition against shaving applies only to men and not women. And then since it's back to back with uh, with a haircut, so then the rounded haircut also is permitted to women. Now, okay, so as we established it, now we have a problem with a Braita. Beer or facial hair of a woman and of a eunuch. A eunuch is castrated, so he doesn't have much testosterone, so he's, he's not going to grow um, uh, a lot of facial hair. hair. Uh, nevertheless, if they grow some hair on their face, that has the same law as a beard, even though you don't call it a beard, even though it's not, it's only a little bit. It has the same law as a beard for all matters. Now, when it says it has the same law for all matters, my love, the hashchata, is that is this braita not including shaving with a razor? So now we have a braita. This is a problem. I mean, it's not, it's a problem for the, it goes against the Mishnah, it goes against the Pesukim that we just arrived. So we have a big uh, contradiction here. How could this braita say that? it's prohibited for a woman to shave with a razor on her face but it's it's uh, um uh, it's prohibited whereas the mishnah said it's permitted right and when it says here it's the same is it not talking about hashkata okay our answer we're going to come to in a few minutes is that no this paraita is actually talking about the laws of negaim you see it has actually a tosefta in masechet negaim so it's good to see see it in context if someone has a uh, nega some uh, a leprous spot 
on uh, on a beard has a different laws than if you find it on skin. So really, the, that's what we're going to come. That's the answer we're going to come to. But right now, we're assuming that it's talking about the same laws regarding shaving. So uh, what are we going to do with this? Amar Lamasit Amart no. This Baraita is not talking about the prohibition of shaving. Why? How do I know it's definitely not? So what's really doing now is bringing even more proof, in case you weren't convinced yet, that women are exempt from the law of uh, prohibition of shaving with a beard. And this, we're bringing in another pasuk from Vayikra 21, right after the laws of becoming Tameh, uh, uh, right, which started off with, this is Parashat Emor again, and it says, so then it says, So Kohanim specifically are not allowed to make a boldness on their heads. This also applies from Pasuk and Devarim to all Jews of non-Kohanim, um, but this one is specifically to Kohanim, and also at the corners of their beards, they cannot shave. So here you go, this applies to this is the application to Kohanim. And so our point to bring it here is that um, we learn Pe'at Pe'at. We have a Gezerah Shavah. It says the word Pe'at here, right? Uf'at Zekanam regarding Kohanim. And back in, uh, in uh, Vaikra 19, it says also here, Lo Tekifu Pe'at Roshechem and Pe'at Zekanecha. This one, Pe'at. So you have a Gezerah Shavah to teach me that just like the regarding Kohanim is talking about the men and not the women, uh, so too, in, in chapter 19, it's talking about the men and not the women. So certainly, uh, women are exempt. Now, Now, in that uh, chapter, you may argue as follows, that why do I need this Gezerah Shavah? After all, a chapter, a verse 1 of the chapter introduced with B'nai Aharon, and that applies, let's assume for now, that it applies to the entire rest of the chapter, the laws of Tum'ah, and then the laws of shaving also. And so, you could, uh, we don't need the Gezerah Shavah, you could leave out that extra word, and I could fig- learn the same law that women are exempt from a Kava Chomed. Yisrael kol sheken. If regarding Kohanim, where the Torah gives them a lot, a lot of extra mitzvot, and yet those apply to men and not to women, so then for non-Kohanim who are uh, uh, who are have are less stringent, all the more so, women will be exempt. If women are exempt from the strict laws of Kohanim, then certainly they will be be exempt if as non-Kohanim. And so I I could figure it out just from the Kavach. Why do I need that Gezerah Shavah? Love Gezerah Shavah. If not for the Gezerah Shavah, I might have thought that the word Ben Aaron in chapter one, in verse one, uh, applies only to the first section of becoming Tameh, and that's only for the men. But women are allowed. Bat Kohanim are allowed to become Tameh. But I might have thought that the next pasuk is a new section and applies equally to men and women. That's why I need the Gezerah Shavah. Pe'at, pe'at, to teach me that um, uh, just as in the context of B'nai Israel, it's, me, it's men and not women, so too in the context of Kohanim, it applies to men and not women.
Good. That's the, that's why I need the Gezer Shava. All this was a setup. However, Hashta Once you uh, say that there's a possibility that the chapter that Benekonim applies only to laws of Tum'ah, well, you know what? I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna try to bring back that um, that argument, and I'm gonna say yes, it does stop there. And then the Gezer Shava that you proved. I, I can use the Gezerah Shava for something else. We're now going to quote a Braita, Midrash Halacha, that's going to use the Gezerah Shava for something else. And if you use it for something else and also assume that Benadon applies only to the first law of Tum'ah, then we're going to leave open the possibility that women are obligated in the prohibition of shaving, at least Bat Kohanim. And that will support the Braita and that will go against the Mishnah. So we have to solve this problem first. Okay, but we have to go on this tangent of learning this Braita that will give us the, the details of the laws of using a razor. So uh, we're noticing the Pasuk in Vaikra 21 in the context of Kohanim says do not shave. Uh, the Pasuk in uh, chapter 19 regarding all these cells says do not destroy. So they're slightly different uh, to teach us important laws. So I know you're not allowed to shave. So does that include using scissors? Because scissors are also used in the shaving process. And so would that also be liable if, if I uh, trim my beard with a scissor that's why it says do not destroy destroy meaning meaning completely cut it off down to the skin um, only that's prohibited if you use scissors scissors can't cut so closely so therefore scissors are permitted you can trim your beard you just can't cut can't destroy it altogether and go all the way down to the skin now now if I had I would think if besides using a razor a regular razor that's used for shaving I might think that using a plane, a carpenter's plane, right, it's usually used to make wood smooth. I wouldn't want to put that on my face. But the question is, if you use such a thing on your face or tweezers, would that be liable because it does cut down to the skin or pull it out altogether? That's why the other pasuk says, don't shave only in a normal manner of shaving. If you use an unusual tool, that's not included in the prohibition. So so what is prohibited? Has to be a normal utensil used for shaving that also cuts it all the way down to the skin and destroys it. What is that? A razor. Therefore, only a razor is prohibited, but um, uh, uh, trimming, cutting a beard with other utensils is permitted. So you see, I need a Gezerah Shava between the two sources, right, so that I can connect them together uh, and learn all these laws. Uh, so imken. So now, now we use the gezerah shava up, and that leaves open the possibility that the prohibition against shaving does apply to a bat kohen. Imken. So we answer. Imken nichtov kera et shabiz kanecha my peazik kanecha shema minat If it was only to learn this gezerah shava, it could have it could have said that w- that which is on your uh, uh, um, uh, beard, right? It could have said that in both pesukim, right? Just here, lotishchat et shabiz. It wouldn't have to say peat zekanecha, and here also it could have said just a bit of sham and uh, leave out peat. Uh, 
um, zikanam. So you wouldn't have to, you don't need the word pe'ah in both places. And so the extra word pe'ah means that we can learn two things from the zikanecha and zikanecha. We can learn the gezerah shavah here where we learn the different utensils and only a razor. And from the word pe'ah, we learn that just as women are uh, exempt in one chapter, they're also exempt in the other chapter regarding Kohanim, so women are totally exempt. Now we finally concluded once and for all that surely women have to be exempt. It's not just that the Mishnah said so and against the Braita. There's absolute proof from the Torah that women are exempt from the prohibition of shaving. Therefore, what are we going to do with the Braita? So the Braita says that a facial hair of a woman or a eunuch have the same laws uh, for all matters. What does that apply to? No, it's only talking about if someone has a uh, leprous sore on one's beard, uh, the laws, the special laws of uh, of nega on a beard apply to men and women and eunuchs alike. Um, that and and they're and different from regular skin. We treat it as a beard sadaat, not as skin sadaat. Good. Hold on, that's an explicit pasuk. That well, I don't need a braita to teach me that. Teach me that the pasuk says a man or a woman who has a leprous sore on their head or on their beard. So clearly, it's going to refer to. That's referring to facial hair of a woman. So Baita wouldn't have to say that. So Mozart explains, I was talking about the cleansing process, the purification process applies to men and to women. We ask about that. But that's also obvious. If the Torah says that a woman can get sadat of the beard, uh, um, become tameh that way. Obviously, she can also she's also uh, uh, um, uh, uh, she can also take part of the in the purification process. Would it make sense to say she become she, she can become tameh with beard impurity, but she has no possibility of becoming tahor, right? If if you include her in one, then you necessarily include her in the other. So you know why I need the Braita? Because from the Pasuk it's actually not totally clear. I might have thought that I can read the Pasuk um, separately to, uh, as follows. For a man or a woman, if they have a nega on their head, and that applies to men and women. But then obezakan applies only uh, only to men. You could possibly read it that way, and therefore and think that the entire law of leprosy tuma and tahara does not apply to women. And that's why Benaita wants to clarify that you should read the pasuk to include them both. And this anyway solves the problem. The Mishnah is correct and verified. Women are not obligated in the law of shaving with a razor, and we've proven that from pasukim. And this Braita is actually in the context of Nega Sarat and is telling us that don't think that even though a woman is mentioned in this Pasuk, um, uh, that uh, that women are not obligated uh, in uh, Nega Sarat. It's not true. They are, right? It says Rosh and Zakan. So this Braita is talking about Nega Sarat, where women are equal to men and uh, has nothing to do with the law of shaving.
Okay, lastly, isi tane af bal ikrehu nashim peturot. My tamadi isi. So, uh, according to isi, women are exempt also from bal ikrehu. This is a different topic now of uh, pulling out one's hair. This would be uh, over grief. When someone was in mourning in the olden days uh, because a loved one died, they would express their mourning by uh, either lacerating themselves, making cuts on their skin, or pulling out their hair and making themselves bald. The Torah prohibits these actions. Now, when it prohibits these actions, does that apply to women also? So Isi says that Bali Kirchu does, does not apply to women. Why? My tamad isi. What's the source? The darishachi. Banim atem ladonai loachem lotit kodedu velotasimu korcha ben anechem lamet ki am kadosh atad ladonai loachem banim velobanot lekorcha. So he derives it from this pasuk that says, "You are children of God." It says banim. So that sounds like banim and not uh, sons, and not does not apply to daughters. Now the idea of the pasuk is because you are sons of God, so our our bodies are holy. Hashem gave it to us. Hashem is there for us and while we should be sad uh, for losing a loved one we shouldn't literally we should not pull our hair out right Hashem is there and have faith and so on okay so uh, there are two laws do not gash yourselves and do not make a bald spot between your eyes literally on your on your head uh, because of a dead person because you are holy unto God so that's where we learns that this applies to men and it does not apply to women uh, not that's not a good idea for women to pull their hair out but they they don't have a prohibition to pull their hair out now we ask wait a second this banim atem you see that the first thing that comes right after is do do not make gashes so maybe i would say that women uh, are exempt from making are permitted to make gashes that's what it's talking about, banim velobanot. How do you know it's applying to the korcha of uh, uh, making a bald spot? Because at the end of the pasuk says, you are all a nation, a holy nation. That applies to men and women. So that's including women. So something has to be included. So when it says banim, and that includes men and not women, that must apply to uh, take, uh, making a bald spot. But now we ask the obvious question. Why are you including women in the prohibition of gashing and excluding them from the prohibition of making a bald spot? If anything, you'd think the opposite. When it says banimatem, so this applies to men only and not women, that should apply to the immediate next words, lotitko didu, do not gash yourself. So gashing should apply to men and not women. Period. And then the next path of the Pasuk, also don't make a bold spot because you are all holy. So that should apply to everyone, men and women. Wouldn't that make be, make more sense in terms of the uh, syntax of the Pasuk? And the answer is, No, I'm going to include the more comprehensive law of cutting. cutting the prohibition of cutting applies both where hair grows on your head and where it doesn't 
hair doesn't grow anywhere on your arm, your leg. You're not allowed to cut yourselves anywhere. Since that's a broad prohibition, that's the one that should, must apply to men and women. And the one that we're going to exclude from women's obligation is uh, making a bald spot, which only applies more limit in a more limited place, only where hair grows. So yes, we're going to have to read the pasuk in a bit out of order way, but that's what makes sense. Wait, why not say that the sons and not daughters applies to both both, both prohibitions? Um, and so women are allowed both to uh, are allowed uh, both to pull out their hair and to cut themselves. And maybe when the Pasuk says, you are a holy nation and therefore you can't do these things and that applies to men and women, that's referring to a different prohibition, a prohibition that's mentioned in Vaikra 21 regarding Kohanim, that they're not allowed to scratch themselves, right? There's two related prohibitions, but they're a little different. Lo titkodidu um, means don't gash yourselves, meaning totally cut yourselves with a utensil. And Sirita uh, is referring to scratching oneself with, with just with nails. And so I might think that the Am Kadosh is coming to include men and women regarding the prohibition of scratching oneself. That's where women are not, al- that's, are not allowed to do. But regarding gashing oneself, uh, maybe I would think that that uh, should be the same um, as, uh, as pulling out hair and women are permitted to do that. So why not read it that, w- why not read it that way? And that, that way you can take care of Im Kam Kadosh. You could apply it to something else and you don't have to apply it to either of these two. And the answer to that is Kasabari he thinks that the prohibition of scoring and cutting are all one prohibition. They're just two different aspects. You can't scratch yourself, you can't cut yourself, but they go together. And whoever is obligated in one is obligated in the other. If you're exempt in one, you're exempt in the other. And therefore, you can't just say, oh, it only, Am Kadosh only applies to that. It has to apply to both Sidita and Gedida. Women are not allowed to uh, cut themselves or scratch themselves, um, that, including that prohibition. And so once we use the that that the am kadosh for the lotit godedu that leaves the lotasimu korcha tearing out one's hair that would um, connect with banim applies to men only and not to women. Baruch Adonai Amen